real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Did you know that creating an income online or adding a new revenue stream to your business has never been easier? Have you ever considered taking your knowledge, skills, and expertise and converting it into a course that you can sell online? Introducing Learn Worlds. Learn Worlds makes it easy to create, host, and sell beautiful online courses that have an impact. With Learn Worlds' intuitive platform and a wealth of resources to educate yourself, you're only a few steps away from building a thriving online business in the booming knowledge economy. Visit trylearnworlds.com forward slash free to start your 30-day free trial. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the author of Make Your Own Job Anytime, Anywhere, at Any Age. Please welcome to the show, Hovey Smith. Hello, and glad to be with you. Can you give us a little bit uh, of your background story? Sure. I'm uh, a product of the rural South. I was born in Georgia. I wanted to be a professional geologist. Always interested in rocks, even as a kid. And we do mining here in central Georgia. That also encouraged me. So I got degrees from the University of Georgia and then... In my era, if you were a guy and you had all your limbs and both eyes, you were going in the military, fellas. And so I knew I was going full service time. So I took ROTC and went in as, a, as an officer and was first stationed in Alaska. Well, after pulling two and a half years there, my geology was getting cold. So I went to the University of Alaska and pursued my degree and got a master's and had always been writing. Writing interested me even as a child, and I published my first things as a teenager, and I've written since 20-odd books, as well as doing more recently YouTube videos, and I've got over 850 of those. So that's what I'm doing, and the reason for the book, Make Your Own Job, was to encourage people to do what I experienced. In my life, I did many things. And in your generation, this is going to become increasingly valuable that you be able to roll with the punches as the economy changes, as climate changes, as epidemics hit us like they just did, and be able to react and form different businesses along the way. And that's the thrust of my book and what I suggest. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah, I love the title of it. So what inspired you to write this particular book? Well, the old adage was in my youth that you would train yourself in a given profession, and then you would practice that profession, go to work for a big company, get your retirement, and then finally in old age, come back and sit and do nothing until you die. Well, that didn't work for me. And it's not going to work for hardly anyone else these days either. The fact is that jobs are changing all the time and requirements are changing all the time. And if you don't keep up, you're lost. And with all of the turmoil and confusion in the working world, any day a company can be merged. And your secure job, you thought, could be long gone. You can be replaced by somebody who's younger. Your job can be sent overseas or even, these days, by robot. So you're <laughs> in peril. The way to avoid that is to develop your own job based on your skills and your interest. 
And I should have said jobs, plural, because you pick up one that's good for the moment. If you need to raise money to pay this month's rent, well, obviously, you're probably going to have to sell something. And you likely may use eBay or some other platform. Okay, do that. But think about becoming an eBay selling expert for others. So you sell their stuff and you take a cut of it. That anybody can do anywhere in any apartment building in the world. Go to your neighbors. What do you got you want to get rid of? I can help you sell it. And I'll take 20% and you get 80%. That's a fair deal. They get money they need. They get rid of their excess stuff, their old children's clothing, their souvenirs that they collected from God only knows where. But some people may value them. So that's an immediate way you can earn money. If you're a young guy, if you're athletically fit, you can clean people's gutters and hang windows and shutters and do this sort of thing that we older guys can't do anymore. Once did, but I ain't going to climb up a ladder of a three-story building anymore and hang off by my fingernails. So you take advantage of your capabilities and you develop new ones along the way. So is that the concept in your book where you talk about producing immediate income is just selling things that are around the house that you don't want anymore or doing, like you said, cleaning gutters, you know, different things like that? Yeah, or anything else oh. you can think of. It's legal, of course. You don't want to go around robbing banks. I don't recommend that as a, <laughs> as a way to make a living. But if you could find a way to help your neighbors in some way, buy groceries, whatever. If you've got a vehicle, use it to haul other people. There are always people who need you hauling around, even if you are not formally Uber driver or whatever. That's a good idea. I actually did DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft for a while because I knew I didn't want to work for someone else. So I started that way, but yeah, now I have my own businesses. And so, yeah, it's, it's a good way to start out and get money instantly almost. One of the most interesting observations that you make is there is nothing in human experiences that cannot be turned into profit by an inventive mind. Can you elaborate on that point? Sure. Anything. Say even the terrible stuff, death and disease. If you write about your near-death experience, you will relate to other people who are anticipating and approaching perhaps the same thing. We're all going to die, guys. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. And the important thing here, more generally, is selling knowledge. If you have accumulated some hard-won knowledge through some maybe terrible experiences, others will find it useful. They'll take encouragement from you. They don't want to hear it from some doctor. They don't want to hear it from some pharmaceutical salesman. They want to hear it from somebody who's actually walked the path and gone through it and find out, well, what's worked? What helped me through this terrible physical crisis that I just went through? What am I going to do if I'm a pianist and I just lost one hand in an automobile accident? That could happen to anybody. What does a singer do if all of a sudden the voice goes? Whoa. A dancer if their leg pops out. These are personal skills based on physical abilities. And unfortunately, we do not keep the same physicality throughout our lives. That's just the way the world works. So you have to be able to change. Now, the beauty of this is that your mind works. As long as you have your mental capacities and the ability to in some way communicate, you can make a striking impact on the world. Stephen Hawkins, for example, he is very severely physically impaired. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him, but he's in a wheelchair. He must speak with AIDS and all of this kind of stuff. But he is one of the world's most brilliant people. And if he can make an impact in the world, so can people who are far more capable than he or me. 
for that matter. Those are good points because especially if your job involves your hands, your legs, any kind of physical part of your body, and then something happens to it, as long as you still have your brain, you can teach other people how to do what you know. So yeah, I think knowledge base or, or learning like courses and books and all that is becoming more and more popular as a ways to make money and start a business. Some people just, their whole living is with books and courses. Well, the critical thing is that you don't wait till the event happens. As you generate the ideas and you start working on it while you're still employed, while you're working for someone else, you keep this thinking of the possibility in the background. And hopefully, say, if you went to work for a company for a while, you were getting retirement, you were getting health benefits, you were getting childcare and all this good stuff. Whilst you're in that plum situation, think about what do I really want to do? If all this folded, what could I do? You don't want to, in the midst of a crisis, try to think up, well, what do I do now? You want to have an idea already formulated, hopefully a business started, registered, running it on the side, your side hustle, if you like, in modern parlance, and make a little money with it so you know, in fact, that it works. You've proven a concept. And then you can go ahead and develop it further instantly, or nearly so, when you get that notice that you got two weeks left, you've done good for us, sorry. Bye-bye. And that's the words that are heard all too commonly lately. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely start working. If you already are knowledgeable in something or know what you want to do or what you can teach other people, you know, start working on that on the side because you never know that might become your business at some point. (laughs) Well, indeed. And then further at the end of life or toward the end of life, say you you worked very, very hard. You've earned it. You've made it. But you're running a business that has a lot of ends on it. And you are in the middle of that stuff every, every day. And quite frankly, you tire of it. You're not worried so much about personnel how are you going to pay everybody this month, whether the shipment will get to you or not get to you so you can meet the order you've guaranteed, and they're going to charge a penalty if you're late and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and the weather is terrible, and all this stuff is coming on you all the time, and you just had enough. The business is fine. The business works well as any other, but you just don't want to be personally involved in it anymore. Then is the time to think about What in my life have I always wanted to do that I never had a chance to do? That was child rearing. That was marriage. That was making a living. That was sending children to college. That was blah, blah, blah. There were health issues with the parents and so on and so on and so on. But now you finally have an opportunity to say, you know, I always wanted to do this, but I never had a chance. Now, I'm professionally a geologist, but I'm also an outdoorsman. I'm also a hunter, and hence the hunting books and skulls and teeth and whatever in the background. And this is how I enjoyed my life whilst I was working. And then when I was no longer employed, that's when I started writing outdoor books. And many of my books are outdoor books, like backyard deer hunting, extreme muzzleloading, and practical bow fishing. I cover the subjects that most people don't write about. And crossbow hunting, for example, a very effective means of taking game anywhere in the world. And really, there wasn't, until I did it, a very recent comprehensive book on the subject. And I wrote one that, even though now it's nearly a decade old, is still an outstanding publication covering the subject. From people, myself and others, taking game all over the world with crossbows. This is a way you achieve a life goal and actively practice it. No longer as physically fit as I was. 
So I can't do the hunts I used to do, although I still hunt and will be today, for example, turkey hunting this time. But that's when I started taking up novel writing and I finished my first novel. And now it's about that thick and some 400 pages. Also done a screenplay. Got a New York agent handling it right now. So this is a way I change my focus from a very active, participatory sort of life to one that's more sedentary and more intellectual. And hence also my business book as an intellectual activity rather than a physically based one. So this is how you change up your stuff through life. Those are good points because I think a lot of people, especially younger people, they don't think about, you know, as they age and they're not as physically capable of maybe whatever they're currently doing or, but like finding ways that they can still make an income off their knowledge for you through books and other people, courses and whatnot. And so I think it's definitely good for people to be thinking about that (laughs) and starting that process, at least on the side. Your generation has tools that I didn't have when I was your age. You have things like YouTube video. It's free. I can post a YouTube video at almost no cost at all. Like I say, I've got over 850 of them up right now. That's excellent advertising worldwide. You can't pay for that. Now, you can have professional videos recorded at $4,000 a minute broadcast time. Been there, done that. Actually, taking that same money, I can put out hundreds of YouTube videos with a far more effective reach. I have millions of viewers of my YouTube videos accumulated over the past seven years. I get 40,000 views a month on my YouTube video. This tells people about me. It tells people about my products, what I do, and also, most significantly, gives them some good, interesting information. A YouTube video that just advertises is not worth very much to anybody. But if you have a YouTube video that provides information or entertainment and advertises, then you have something of value. And that's what I recommend any small business person do these days. If you don't know how to do it, get a grandson who does. Get a friend who does. And start posting and putting up meaningful YouTube videos. Not just, I'm just a great guy. Look at whatever I have done. Nobody's much interested in that. But they are interested in what you can teach them to do that they want to do. Right now, I've got a leaking toilet in my house, and I'm going to have to fix it. So I'll go to YouTube. They'll tell me. And fix it myself and not pay a plumber $50 just to come to the house to do a job that'll take $20 or less, much of materials. Actually, more like seven to 10. This is what you can do through YouTube videos. And I don't care what your field is. It can be an artistic field. It can be a literary field. It can be in science. It can be in health issues, anything. I have a YouTube channel, but so far all I've put up there are audiograms of my podcast. But I'm thinking about implementing video into my podcasts and putting that up as well as like doing some different videos about different products and services and software that I recommend or use. Kind of like a tutorial. And then I think a direct way of making money from that is including if you're an affiliate, uh, an affiliate link for that particular product or service. So yeah, there's probably several ways to monetize a YouTube channel just by people getting to know, like, and trust you. And they get so familiar with you that then they start buying your own products or services. Or if you could talk about someone else's products or services and use affiliate marketing with that as well. So yeah, I'm definitely looking into that. You can get AdSense money from YouTube. You can get affiliate money. You can get straight sponsorship money from YouTube. Once you build up a following of some 5,000 or so, people will start approaching you. And some of these things are 
worth more than others. And so just don't take anything that happens to rumble down the pike and show up in your inbox. Be selective about what you choose to do because you want to stay true to your vision. If you do, like I do outdoor stuff and guns and firearms and hunting, so that's a wide area of possible head sort of stuff to draw upon or sponsorships to draw upon. But the critical thing is don't do what I do. I am a very diverse individual, and I have my hand in altogether too many pies at once. Specialize in an area of knowledge. Specialize in a given area of products. Instead of taking on the whole outdoor world, I should have, to make more money, specialized in, say, muzzle-loading guns, which I mostly use and hunt with and write about and video about. But I also write books, and I do artwork, and I do this, and I do that, and I split my energies too many different ways. For a successful YouTube channel, choose the area that you're going to do, and every show you do, stick to it. Don't one day talk about home care. Don't one day talk about child rearing. Don't one day talk about eating in restaurants. If you're going to do a restaurant stuff, do it, period. Or form another whole channel and treat that subject. Don't try to be a generalist. In these days, generalists fail. That's why the popular magazines like Post and Life and Look that I grew up with reading every week failed. They were generalists in content. People wanted hunting magazines with hunting stuff or fishing magazines with fishing stuff. And now they've got them. And now they're even more specialized. The bass fishermen have their own magazine. The catfish fishermen have their own magazine. And they aren't interested in fly fishermen catching Colorado trout. Now they want to hear about bass or catfish and nothing else. They don't want to waste their time going through content that's not appropriate to their immediate interest. And that is a driver in today's market. So whatever you do, pick a narrow subject area and make sure your content relates to that subject area through all of your broadcast. Then you can pick up sponsors, then you can pick up readerships, then you can pick up listeners or viewers and keep them. The generalist approach has unfortunately failed. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if you're covering a whole bunch of different topics, especially if they don't even relate to each other, it gets confusing for your audience. And I know people think that if you niche down or you're very specific, that then you lose a big percentage of the audience. But I, that's not really true because people will gravitate more towards that specific thing. In your book, you touch on how to launch your own million-dollar business when needed. I'm curious what that means. Most people, when they start about or think about starting a business, think too small. In my generation, the typical thing when you mention business starting, people automatically assumed some sort of storefront business where you sold to your neighbors, you sold in your hometown, whatever products it was that you wanted to sell like books or clothing or food or whatever. Nowadays, you have access to the world through YouTube videos, through the internet. So don't think small. Don't think about 10,000 viewers. Think about millions of viewers. What can I offer that will attract a million viewers? What do I know that a million viewers want to hear? What can I specialize in through the rest of my life or as long as I wish to do it that a million viewers want to see. It doesn't make any difference if that viewer is in China, in Hungary, in New Zealand, or here in the States. Whatever you approach, think of it's having wider implications than your own local area. Now, there are some local area things that still work. People are going to need plumbers, and you got to be local to be a plumber. 
If you're a big enough metropolitan area, you can gather some associates and some fellow plumbers. You can form a corporation, plumbing forever or whatever you wish to call it. You can make a good living in a metropolitan area in the plumbing trades if you gather some other people around you so you aren't working all of it all the time by yourself. If you're working by yourself, you're limited. your income potential is limited. If you can arrange others to work with you in some sort of cooperative arrangement, then your potential for making money is much increased. Even more so, if you have people selling for you all over the world, how can you do that? How can you do one thing once and sell it a million times? That's what books are about. If you have a successful book, you write the book once. You don't rewrite a book for everyone who, for every reader, like I used to do in the magazine trade. You write it once and you sell it often. The same with your business concept. What can I formulate once, generate in some sort of self-fulfilling, self-generating program? So all a user had to do is, if they want to take a course from me on whatever, then you write the course once, you post it online, they're 20, 30 lessons. They sign up for the series. They pay you for it. You get money every month for as long as they continue there. Well, for as long as people sign up for the series. And they may not even watch the entire series, but they've already paid you. You've got their money. Hopefully, they will watch and profit from the entire series. You need to put out good stuff. This becomes auto-generating. You don't have to do anything. Every month, you'll get a series of checks. So that's how you formulate a million-dollar business. Do it. Do it once. Whatever it is, sell it often. And you can apply that kind of trade. Basically, common people you know. That's what Desi Arnaz did with the I Love Lucy series when they started rebroadcasting their episodes decades ago. You can still see I Love Lucy today, and it's still bringing that estate money. The whole concept of creating once, whether it's a book, a course, a a YouTube video, whatever, and then it continuing to make money in your sleep that way, basically. And you don't have to continually create. I can post a video at two o'clock in the morning and I can have an immediate response from a reader on the other, from a viewer on the other side of the world. I think with the internet, especially, it's just opened up so many. Doors and opportunities for unlimited business and income potential, really. There's also always the contrarian approach. And what this is, is what everybody seems to be doing, you advocate doing the reverse. If people are all enamored with buying fancy and the latest fashions, you go with very primitive, basic clothing. What do we need all this extra stuff for? Appeal to the environmentalists. It just eats up resources, takes extra costs, costs fuel to transport. Let's go back to the simple stuff. There's a market for that. There are people who want to hear that message. There are people who want to grow their own food, butcher their own animals. I do much the same thing here. I I don't buy hardly any commercial meat. I hunt and I eat what I hunt. I could have a garden and grow vegetables. I don't bother with that because I'm doing too much other stuff. But that sort of lifestyle is possible. And there are people who want to investigate it. People love their pets. I mean, almost anyone who has an affinity for dogs and really likes them, or cats, or goldfish, or hamsters, or whatever, can make a living specializing in the care and feeding of their whatever, 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 showing what they can do and not do and teach them new tricks and blah, 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 actually make a living with their family dog. And I know people who've done exactly that. It's funny you mentioned that. I don't know if you're familiar with Doug the Pug. 
He's, uh, I actually have a pug, but Doug the pug, he's a famous pug and I actually know his owner and they started, it wasn't meant to become a business, but they were just posting photos of him in clothes and doing funny, silly things. And anyway, it blew up on Instagram and all this stuff. And now it's like a whole business. She's got like toys and of books and calendars yes. and yes, 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 yes. People ask me oftentimes, well, how do you think of such things? Look, just use your eyes and look at the world around you. See what people are interested in. See if there is a common problem that needs solving that you have some interest in. And the type of problem, I don't know what it might be, but it could be anything. If people have problems getting their trash down to the pickup place of a New York apartment, well, how can you figure out how to do that better? Well, there were drop shoots in the old apartments. I don't know if they still exist in New York or not. Do you have a trash pickup service? Just in a single building. Somebody who goes by and picks up the trash at your door and takes it down to the place to be disposed of. That's all he does. He doesn't have to buy anything. He doesn't have to pay anybody. All he has to do for, say, $3 a week, he'll pick up your trash on Thursdays or whatever day at whatever time is convenient for you to put it out there and take it down and put it in the place where it needs to be. Now, that's a task any young guy to do, or gal, for that matter. Now, we're getting away from sex-specific businesses, which is long past time, by the way. And so gals can once do can now do businesses very well and professions very well that were once done exclusively by guys. So those barriers have been broken many, many times. They've been broken also on racial lines, too. Once, in some areas, laundries were almost exclusively operated by Chinese for some reason. Now that's no longer so, and it never should have been specifically so in the first place. So people who have been stuck maybe by family tradition or whatever in one type of business, they are free to go out and find something new and should. Just because you've been three generations of doctors in your family, there's no reason why you of necessity must be a doctor if it doesn't appeal to you. And in fact, if it doesn't appeal to you, that's exactly the profession you should not go into. It's a very demanding profession. And the doctors I grew up with in high school all but one of them are dead. It's a very stressful life, and it's immediately rewarding with cash, but certainly not usually in longevity. Suicide rates are also amazingly high with professional doctors. Choose your business that you really enjoy doing, not the one that you inherited necessarily, or the ones you were pushed into, or that everybody felt you ought to do for whatever reasons, which oftentimes don't make any sense to you. But choose something you enjoy doing, you can put your heart in. You can help others along the way and make some real money. At it. I appreciate your time today and all your insight. It's been really good. I think it'll definitely help my audience. And if people want to find out more about you, they just go to hoveysmith.com. That's H-O-V-E-Y smith.com or create your own jobsecurity.com. And then I know your book's available on Amazon. Were there any last words or any places that you would like the audience to go? You can always go to hoviesmith.com and that'll catch you up on what I'm doing right now. But my last word to your audience would be, fellas, gals, don't just listen to this business startup stuff. Go do it. I think we spend so much time learning and not doing when we need to get out there and start doing what we're learning, implement 
what we're learning. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I'll also have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Hovey, H-O-V-E-Y, that'll have links to all the things we talked about. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Sure. You're quite welcome. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.